All right, today was the day when everyone lost their check marks, including <laughs> our special guests. <laughs> One of y'all can guess who it is based on the laugh. Got three seconds. There it is. The great Kendrick Perkins. What's up, brother? What's up, Nick? What's going on, man? Chilling, man. I saw that you said they can keep that. <laughs> yep, yeah, and I meant every, I, and I meant every word about it. They can keep it. I will not pay to be famous or to be verified. That's just not how it goes. Yeah, they took my check mark too, and I, I, I'm with you. They can keep that. I don't need it. Not for no dollars out there. Anyway, we're gonna have some fun on the show today. Um, Charlie, what you got? I mean, damn, got me calling you Charlie. My bad. I let I let the secret out the bag. Now that we're now they're all all unverified peers. You called me by my real name. Wow. Um, all right, guys, we have a new game. It's the facts. Or fiction. <laughs> and our first topic. It's the facts. Or fiction that Anthony Davis's inconsistency is gonna hold back the Lakers in the postseason. All right, I'm going to clear out. I mean, since the game has his name in it, I'm going to go ahead and let Big Perk answer this one first. You know what? It's the facts, but it's fiction at the same time. It's the facts because the Lakers go as far as Anthony Davis take them, but that performance he had last night because he's been too so inconsistent is the reason that they actually lost the game last night. But I actually got the Lakers going to the NBA Finals, so I'm going to say it's going to be fiction because I believe that Anthony Davis is going to elevate his game and continue to elevate his game at an elite level for the rest of this postseason. I mean, I hope so. I I got to be honest with you. Last year, I was convincing myself that the Lakers had a chance, and it was mm-hmm. dumb. And now this year, I watch it, I'm watching everybody else convince themselves that the Lakers have a chance, and I keep looking at them I'm like, nah. They don't. They don't. They're not gonna stay healthy. And LeBron ain't the LeBron of old. And AD, he is like he's not. All right. I know. I don't want to say this the wrong way because I don't want to get Perk riled up at me. Ooh, but AD sad. ain't never been that dude. Like he was in the bubble for his stretch, but he ain't never been that dude that just put a team on his back and they kind of need it. Yeah, but he was a little bit in the bubble. I mean, he, <laughs> he led them in points, yeah. rebounds, and blocks. And when you think about AD, just think about the last part of this season. The last part of the season, he was arguably the best player in the Western Conference. He had elevated his game. I mean, 26-12, number six in the league in blocks. I think he's he's got back into that conversation with Giannis and Embiid. The the problem with that team, to me at least, is – the role players are going to be inconsistent because, I mean, role players are inconsistent. They tend to be. And they don't have – they have a big two, but LeBron can only be – and it's fair to say LeBron can't be LeBron every single night. And AD has never been, like, a dominant force every night. And honestly, like, I, I still think that they could beat the Grizzlies, but I thought it was over when Ja was out. But I, I guess I have to buy into the hype. I think all the hype about Ja – about the Grizzlies being just as good without Ja Morant, frankly, I think is hype – but I'm starting to believe that it ain't just hype, that this team really is good, uh, uh, and they uh, put it together. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, Nick. Hold on, Nick, before you go. <laughs> all right, all right. You all have right. to realize this. Role players play play great at home. They're going right. to have exceptional games at home. It's going to be rare when you catch a role player shine on the road like you saw in game one with Rui Hachimari. But I want you to think about this for a second. Xavier Tillman had the game of his life at home. 
That won't happen on the road. That yeah. just won't happen. You left Austin Reeves out too, because he went off in, in game one. Yeah, yeah, but, but I was just I was just going to why the Lakers lost. They lost yeah. because of Xavier Tillman performance. How far? So you got him going all the way to the finals. I mean, I guess I don't really see. Uh, the bad part is I don't want to be on the wrong side of LeBron James. I, no, I've right. already said it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm already putting myself. And that was with you, me and you. We and Steph documentary together going like this. We, we are in the home. Did and they pay us? Did they pay us? They ain't put us in it yet, but we're we going to be in there. And I need, I need a cut. But I don't want to put myself in LeBron's documentary, too. But I find it hard to believe that he's going to be able to do this at almost 40 years old. And they're going to need something out of him. As uh, Alabaster puts up the stat of how good Memphis is, mm-hmm. uh, league best at home, 35-6. and six, But now they got to go to the Lakers. And, and LeBron is excited about this first home as he should be. playoff game. It should be a good one. I think they'll win that one. But I think as, also I want to get to the impact of Dylan Brooks. Is there an impact of Dylan Brooks on LeBron James, up or down? Like, is it going to impact the way he plays? In game three, it is. Yeah. I mean, we, we we have to remember this. Forget all the cartoons that LeBron James have played and starred in and <laughs> Space Jam 2 and you know, you see him do the corny stuff because he does that because he's a billionaire and his brand and kids look up to him. He's a robot, et cetera. He's from Akron, Ohio. I lived in Akron, Ohio. It's from the same thing that you and I are sitting on. What's under yeah. us? The mud. <laughs> LeBron James is from the mud. And so yeah. he may not say a word about it and he may not say anything publicly about it, but I guarantee you we will see a more aggressive LeBron come Saturday. I guarantee yeah. you that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is entertainment after all. So as much yeah. as like I was laughing at Dylan Brooks for for um, going at LeBron like that, because it is LeBron and no disrespect to Dylan Brooks, I think he accepts that he's Dylan Brooks. Because like hitting this shot is the biggest shot of your life. <laughs> LeBron James, I mean, LeBron James wake up in the morning and forget about plenty of shots like that in his, in his day. So like, I get it, Dylan Brooks. And I was like dismissive of it. But then I got to understand, it's fun. It's a matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing now that I wasn't looking forward to seeing before because Dylan Brooks made it into something that it's not really because LeBron don't really have no peers, not in this NBA. No, not at all. Not at all. What's that? I can't read that quote, Alabaster. What's, is that just the? Oh, it's the it's the Dylan Brooks quote. Yeah. You want me to read it? Read it for you. Yeah, read it for me. I just let him know that you can't take me one on one. You haven't. You go look at the film. He doesn't really take me one on one until that moment. He said he poked bears. Oh, he is poking the hey. biggest bear. Uh, uh, and, and, and the crazy thing is, like, you're walking into an arena without your superstar. How about just staying low-key? Like, you're going on the road without your – like, whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to being humble? Like, that humble, that's not that's not it no more? But, mm-hmm. hey, okay. That, that ain't it. I mean, you know, you at, you at the AAU tournaments with your son. Like, I – I, I go to my like my son is a is a decent athlete and we go to like the little flag football games and the soccer games and the basketball games. Ain't nobody humble. Nobody what, what, facts. Humble. <laughs> facts. So, like everybody Dylan, that made it. Everybody yeah. Else. Dylan Brooks has actually accomplished something, unlike these little flag football boys that I'm watching doing the gritty in the back of the end zone because they scored against some <laughs> some other ten year olds. Dylan Brooks could talk his talk. At mm-hmm. LeBron James, I don't know. 
What's next, Alabaster? Oh, my bad. I, I stole a topic from you. It's okay. We'll play the sound an extra time. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I, I feel bad because I stepped on the opportunity for the sound again, which is the only reason why I'm here. All right, well, next. It's the facts. Or fiction that Jamal Murray is is more important for the Nuggets' success than Nikola Jokic. What is it's it? a fiction. Go, go That's ahead, exactly Perk. what it is. It's definitely not the facts. Like, what are we talking about? We like you need Jamal Murray maybe one or two games in a series to right. have about thirty, maybe forty. But you need Jokic every single night, at least to go out there and give you twenty-five, ten, and nine or something to that nature. I get it. Jamal Murray had forty. I get it. We haven't seen it since the bubble. But we also have to realize that it was going against a Minnesota team that is dealing with some internal problems. And half of his points were on who? Rudy Gobert. That was the game plan. He was getting cooked. I think it was a Crouchon or Crouchon. That's the Italian word for cooking. Yeah. He was cooking. <laughs> I mean, not the Italian word, the French word. For cooking. There you go. Yeah, the I French mean... word. He was he was cooking Rudy. So Although Jamal is important, nah, it's Jokic. It's Jokic yeah. all day long that's going to be able to take this team to where they're trying to go. Yeah, and Jokic's going to give you what he's going to give you every night. I think that the idea that this team is only going to go as far as Jamal Murray, the only way I can entertain that at all at all is by saying that, like, yeah, Jokic, we understand that Jokic is the most important player, but mm-hmm. he's not good enough alone. And that this little side meal of Jamal Murray is very important <laughs> to make it to making this thing go. What is it, appetizer? Yeah, it's a little. It's a, he's a, some calamari. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, delicious. I'm calamari. excited for it. Yeah, it's a little fried calamari, some marinara dipping sauce, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, lemon pepper wings, something, something like that. <laughs> something but to the, yeah, yeah, the steak though, the steak, as we all know, is that giant point guard. Uh, Nikola Jokic. And so, yeah, I mean, Jamal Murray, I guess the question also about that team is how far can they go with Jamal Murray playing like this? Because, I I mean, they have a wing issue like uh, a couple other teams have is because Michael Porter Jr. ain't, he just ain't what he should be in my view. Yeah, but they upgraded a little bit. So that's why Mm -hmm. they have a complete team. You know, when you think of Caldwell Pope, you think of Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, they got some pieces that, you know, Mike Malone could choose from and, you know, uh, grab here and there to see if a guy could come in and do what they need to do. I'm just not sold on the on the uh, Nuggets. I'm not. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I'm not alone on that one. And like no. I, I, I got, I'm glad I got you here. Maybe you can give me some good basketball insight for a reason why I can say I'm not sold on the Nuggets. But honestly, when people ask me why I'm not sold on the Nuggets, it's just because I'm not. And I watch them and I'm like, but no, I haven't seen this work before. And like as good as it as it looks when it's at its best, I look at some of these other teams in the West, which we are about to get to, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what a champion yeah. looks like. That's yeah. what a conference champion looks like. Oh, oh, oh that's what a that's what a superstar in the playoffs look like. That's yeah. that's what takes you over the top. That's what you didn't want to say it, but I'm gonna say it, and that's facts. That's facts. Play the song. There you go. <laughs> so should I can, I can I read the question so we can do one more one more? Please do. Please do. It's the facts. Uh, or fiction that the winner of the Suns Clippers series should be favored in the second round over the one seed Nuggets. 
Oh, that's thing, Perk. Run it, run it. Let me hear it. It's the facts. It's the facts. There you go. It's the facts. If it's the Clippers or if it's the Suns, they're going to beat the Nuggets in the next round. The yeah. Nuggets just don't have enough firepower. And I believe, I'm hoping, that if the Clippers win, if the Clippers win, I think Paul George, Kawhi Leonard be healthy. I think they will outplay Jamal Murray and Jokic. Mm-hmm. We know what Devin Booker and KD are due to that duo. So it is the fact. Sorry, Nuggets fans. I know y'all yeah. built up hope. I know y'all had a number one t- uh, record in the West. Uh, and congratulations, regular season. But when it comes down to facing one of those two teams, it's over. Yeah, when I, I watched those series, um, and I the Nuggets aren't being tested. The, and we all did. We didn't expect them to be tested. But when I watched the Suns and the Clippers go at it, I'm like, that's what a conference champion looked like. I'm looking at both those teams, and I'm like, that's what a conference champion looked like. And you're right. I'm also like, that's what a superstar looked like when yes. I watched Kawhi yes. play, yes. when I watched KD, when I watched KD play, and even the way oh, yeah. that I seen Book playing out there on both sides of the ball, defensively and offensively. Yeah. I'm like, damn, yes. that's 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 what a guy looks like. And to be fair to Jokic, he's not being tested right now. See, but. I- I love it when you get into your basketball bag. No <laughs> football distractions. Deep. I love it when you in your basketball bag. I know when I you get locked it. It in. Deep. You are yeah. locked in right now. Yeah. It's so I, I don't know. The <laughs> the question <laughs> about the um the Clippers is going to be about health. You know, yeah. and Kawhi is, uh, I think this is right. Is Kawhi playing? Or, He's out tonight. Don't remind yeah. me. Yeah, that sucks. So Kawhi is out, and it's not even as much about him being out for uh, game three, which is heavily concerning. It's about what it pretends for the rest of the playoffs, because if he got to take a break after three games, I don't know how many times he's going to have to sit down and take a break or what version of Kawhi we're going to get. So um, if Paul George gets back, it takes some pressure off of him. But we saw tip-top. Kawhi in those first two games, and it takes a lot out of them. Do they have an answer for uh, Jokic, though? I guess that's a – if I'm taking the other side about the Nuggets versus – I've seen seen DeAndre Ayton have a pretty good series and performance against Jokic. When they actually went to the finals that year, if you go back and look at the way DeAndre Ayton played in that series – he actually outplayed Jokic. So if I'm Phoenix, I feel confident going again in that series with DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I went back and looked at the numbers from that series, and the numbers don't suggest it because I remember like you remember it. And it's again, it's one of those things that you gotta watch because Jokic still put up his numbers, but I thought I think you're right. Ayton played well against it, it was the impactful three or yeah. four blocks and, and and the boards and the hard screens sitting like that's what got yeah. them over the top. I don't get why Aiden ain't better. Like every time I watch him play, I see little bits that I'm like, damn. Yeah, I know. He like you can you can build around this dude. Like he's agile on the perimeter as a defender. He got a he got touch. Well, at times you just want him to lace up his Air Force ones. Yeah, right. Don't say he can't he can't yeah. walk in with 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 uh, red bottoms all the time. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> Throw your forces on every now and then. You a big. See, that's the thing, real quick about yeah. Aiden. When Aiden remembers that he's a big that got guard skills, then he looks like a totally different player. When he goes the opposite way, that's when you're like, ah, see, that's what I be talking about. 
Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of too, mm. little too mm. much Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, yeah. And, and not enough perk. It's a fact. Yeah. It's the facts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, oh what's next? I'm laughing so hard that Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> just became a synonym for soft. Um, Hold on, man. But it's Hold the facts. It's, it's not a facts. synonym for soft. It's a synonym for perimeter player when you're huge. Yo, yeah. facts. <laughs> All right, uh, we got one more. It's the facts. Or fiction that no team should want to trade for Trey Young. Oh, that's fiction. That's fiction. That is fiction. We're talking about a guy that that is a 26 and 10 guy at night. And I know it's not the perfect fit with the Hawks and he's had bad blood and, you know, he could yeah. really grow in certain areas. But people have to realize this, Nick, and you know this. Every franchise guy is not a leader. Yeah. Like, you don't have – like, mm-hmm. every franchise guy is not a leader. So – so when people want uh, Trey to be this vocal leader or to mature to a certain level, like they don't have to be that guy. Yeah, and they I'm have teams you. that will trade. For, hell, I will trade for Trey Young. <laughs> I'm with you, but it's hard when you actually start thinking about the teams and the price tag because he commands enough money, and his style of play is such that he's like a small James Harden and that you're going to have to build around him in a way, is he good enough to be the centerpiece of something? Because he's a minus on defense, and he don't shoot like Steph, even though people, even though he light-skinned and everybody think that means you can shoot. He don't shoot like Steph. Mm-hmm. He passes like Harden. He goes to the line like Harden. But I don't know. I guess what are you signing up for is the question. If you trade for him, you signing up to build a team around him. And to me, you signing up not to win a championship. Well, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me throw this proposal out there to you. Uh If Dame Lillard came out and said he wanted to be traded, okay, and the Hawks were looking to trade Trey Young, Uh and James Harden left Philly and went to Houston, freed up some money. And if Portland was trying to get Dame, to Philly with Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. get Trey to Portland, and but you would have to probably give up Tyrese Maxey to Atlanta. Who says no? That go a deal right there. See, I just think that your mind got to start working <laughs> yeah. a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you got to start working because it's like it's like at this point you see so many disgruntled superstars that you kind of like. Yeah. All right, what should we do? Think about the Brooklyn Nets right quick. Yeah. Like, although Spencer did what he do him, and he's and he's a guy that's capable of averaging 20. But could you really implement Trey Young into that offense with uh Cam Johnson and 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 Mikael Bridges and the the court the little young core that they got? Yeah. They probably could. Hell. Yeah. What about I mean, with I Jimmy guess... Butler and Bam? Yeah. I guess it's the the question is where are you going with that? And so like everybody not gonna win a championship on one trade. So maybe he's the first piece, and then you can build around him in other ways. Mm-hmm. But he seems like he's gonna be a hard piece to build around when thirty percent of the league think he overrated. Or what was it? Do you yeah, see that yeah, Atlantic yeah, article? Pretty, yeah, that's pretty it's damn bad. <laughs> that's pretty that's damn bad. bad. That's and it's disrespectful <laughs> too. It's disrespectful. Yeah, I, I, I really don't like that for Trey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough for Trey, but I mean, it, it's it's the idea that you can build around a small guy is always going to be hard, um, and a small guy who is 
Like you need a wing. Like that's the that's the ideal person to build around is a big wing who can play both sides. Having yeah. A, yeah. And then the next guy is I don't know. It just feels like the guys that are his contemporaries are are guys that are a lot better than him, like or at least at their peak, like James Harden. And that was a championship caliber team when the uh, Rockets built around James Harden. So if you could create something like that where you got a lot of defensive help and a lot of three and D guys. So you said, so you saying, let me hear it again. This is what you said. What is it? It's the facts. That. You saying it's the facts (laughs) that no team should want to trade for Trey Young. Nick, Nick, I hate to end our segment like this, but I'm very disappointed in you with that one. I think it's a lot of teams that would actually want to trade for Trey Young. I think Toronto might want to trade for Trey Young. I think he's the most disrespected young superstar in the game today. All right. Well, I'll take that. You respected my opinion on I all did. four other topics. Yeah. But this one, so four out of five ain't bad. What's that, 80%? I'm right. good with that. Yeah, yeah we good. good. I take that as a free throw percentage. Appreciate you, Big Perk. <laughs> Appreciate you, one last one. It's so the for the road. There we go. Oh, we go from superstar guest to superstar guest. I talked to Kendrick Perkins about um, you. Don't, you don't consider yourself a superstar guest? I guess you're not. A no, guest I was. I, I was more um, reacting to the way you sounded when you described me as a superstar. You didn't. You didn't really sound I, like you it believed it. You know? No, it's because I was thinking about how I started the show with Kendrick Perkins talking about how he is not crying over the loss of his blue check mark today. And then I realized mm. I'm actually talking to Twitter royalty. And I haven't <laughs> checked to see what happened with your blue check mark and how you feel about it. So that is where we're starting. I, I so I don't have a blue check mark right now. I am at the moment not planning to pay for it. Um, I did. I, I don't know if you saw this because Lamar LeBron made a joke about a few like a month ago or something about he was like, I'm not paying for a check mark because I'm cheap and people thought yeah. it was funny. And if you look at his account now, it says he has Twitter blue, but right. and everyone's like, "Ooh, LeBron lied. I'm like, no, if there's anything I know about the way Twitter's run right now is they probably gave him one out of spite. So <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think I saw Stephen King has one too, right? And that he uh, similarly yes. said that he, he would never pay for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. You said currently. I mean, it's weird because like it's it's like it's almost insulting that you would have one. So like at this point, yeah, given the climate and the culture, I absolutely am not getting a blue check mark. Yeah, right now there's <laughs> there's definitely a little bit of state. All all of our newsbreakers have them, and that I I understand to some degree because yeah. they're worried about fake news getting out there. There's no there are some Mina Kimes burners. I just checked out of curiosity. There's some fake ones out there, but they're mostly just um, people pretending to talk a lot about race and. Oh, gender. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, we're gonna pivot let's to the talk, NFL draft. Let's talk about something. I know if you really want to impersonate me, drop takes about running backs. Speaking of running backs, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, uh, question here because this is about the running back, not running backs, but someone who mm. might be a generational talent. How good mm. does Bijan Robinson have to be to warrant being a top ten pick? Run the top damn 10. ball, Mina. Oh yeah, go ahead. Top you ten. That's first. where if you had said top twenty, I would have a very different answer because top ten. I wouldn't take him in the top 10. And I say that as someone who absolutely loves B. John Robinson, um, who I, you know, I think he's exceptional. 
I guess we should kind of lay out the yeah. case for why not first. Right. Because yeah. everybody agrees he's awesome. And we can talk about what it would take from him to actually justify a top 10 or later, more realistically, top 20, whatever pick. Um, I mean, where to begin? There, there's so many reasons why teams don't take running backs very often in the first round this year. There's the football side of it, which is running has been somewhat devalued. Uh-huh. Um, we have seen time and time again, teams have been able to get equivalent or better production from later round picks most recently in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs running with Isaiah Pacheco instead of their first round pick from a few years ago, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, Christian McCaffrey leaving the Panthers and the Panthers yeah, continuing still. to run the ball really well. And then we've also seen a lot of these backs taken in the first round. They're really productive their first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Very few of them get second contracts. Shelf life is an issue. Uh, the bodies break down, etc. There's that part of it, and then there's the part that I think is just as important, which is the financial side of it, which is one of the most attractive things about getting a very good player on a rookie right. contract is you save a lot of money, right? right. So if you get – the obviously the dream is a quarterback because that's the best thing you can get in football, but even if you get, let's say, a star edge rusher or a star offensive tackle. Von, Von Miller's the example I often use yeah. is like he powered that um, Broncos Super Bowl is yes. they got a Hall of Fame player on first-round talent. Yeah. I, I mean, I, on first-round costs. It's – yeah, so like – I, I made today on NFL Live. I put up a graphic because we were talking about this. Uh, so the 15th overall pick makes about four million dollars a year. The 15th highest paid running back makes like six million dollars a year. The 15th highest paid cornerback, edge rusher, not cornerback, but edge rusher, offensive tackle. You start getting into the high teens and the twenties, right. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can save a lot of money, and you don't save a lot of money with a running back. Now. Dominique, let's. I'll, I'll pause there. Did I leave right. anything out in the? No, in the, I think I think you decks? you perfectly laid out the reason, the like very intelligent reason not to take running backs. You hit all the angles. However, the pushback and is a valid one. Is yeah. some people are just special. This <laughs> is the first pushback, where it's like, yeah, if you are just a running back who's just gonna run the ball and maybe get a couple more yards or like a yard more a carry than the average running back is a lot, but still then yeah, maybe it's not worth it. If you are a running back that is dynamic in his pass catching ability, route running ability, and you put the defense in a bind before you even line up, just you being in the huddle creates complications for the defense that adds a little extra value. And then I would put on top of it, the, the idea for me of like, um, taking up some of the intellectual bandwidth of the defensive coordinator in that there's nothing better than, or there's nothing more difficult than game planning for a team with a stud. You got a team with two studs, it gets really hard. And if you have them at different positions. So like if you have two guys that are big play receivers, then a lot of the same defenses should be called to stop the big play. If you have a guy who you can hand the ball, and a guy who can catch the ball, and another guy who can catch the ball, it then multiplies the value of your team. So it's impossible, and I'll stop here, it's impossible to argue against everything that you said about running backs not getting to their second deal, and the opportunity cost is a big one for why you should not draft a running back, because what you're pointing out, that you could get better value elsewhere. But we're in this to win championships, and if there is a team that has a player 
Yeah, there's a team who, if you add this one ingredient, and we yeah. saw what happened while you pointed out the formula in um, Carolina, their running attack did not get any better. The team didn't get any better either. But you know the team that McCaffrey went to? Yes. They got a whole hell of a lot scarier and were competitive in the playoffs with nobody's at quarterback. And it's such a great example of a trade where like it made sense for both sides because yeah. the Niner, the Panthers – didn't need Christian McCaffrey to be, you know, average, which is ultimately right. kind of where they netted out. Um, they, they were able to get the same rushing production from other, you know, other players. Actually, better in some cases. That's mostly circumstantial. But they they have those draft picks. You know, they had those draft picks, which and now they're going to get a quarterback. So everything worked out for them. Whereas for San Francisco, he put them over the edge. But that's a team that was already on the edge right? right and that's where i think when we get back to this discussion of like should you do it it's really about the team and the yep. situation it, do you have a team where having a stud running back and 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 i want to be john robinson the dude like his tape is hilarious i mean <laughs> the way he breaks tackles is one of yeah. the funnest things to watch he can catch passes he is uh, elusive he's smart he is scheme agnostic he's everything you want from a prospect so if you have a really, really good football team and he might be the piece that puts you over the edge in Super Bowl contention right. and you don't have a lot of needs on your roster, um, then I think it makes sense. I also think, and this is one uh, another point in his favor, um, it, and this is where I don't, I still don't think top 10 makes sense, by the way, because I, and, and this is maybe actually where we can start talking about like where in the draft so to go back to the whole opportunity cost thing, mm -hmm. part of the reason why I wouldn't take him in the top 10 is even though, let's say the Eagles, yeah, he would help them a lot this year. Um, I think that the, at 10, they can get one of those really, really good players where they would save a lot of money on them because yeah. you may not think you have needs today, you have needs yeah. tomorrow. However, awesome. when you get down to 15, in this particular draft, which is not a very good draft, Dominique, I don't have a lot of conviction, especially when you get out into the 20s. And a lot of these players, like edge rusher three, you know, defensive tackle four, I'm like, ah, they might work out. Whereas yeah. Bijan, I have a lot of conviction in. And so suddenly the calculus shifts a little. And I'm like, and I'm, and I yeah. feel more certain that he will be a very good player than other players because of this draft. Can I um, simplify this? Because maybe this is not an interesting way to talk about it for you, but I, I like to think stick with the number 10 pick for the Eagles because I think that is where it gets difficult. The conversation gets really difficult. And I think a lot of the argument discussing whether they should draft Bijan or not, mm -hmm. to me, it's a calculus about, all right, should I get a player that will increase my championship window like length you know, like That's a good point. Yeah. probability of winning a championship will go up by two percentage point for the next seven years if I get this player. Or should I get a player like Bijan, who for the next two years, the probability goes up seven percent. And like, that's what the calculus is for me, for a player like Bijan, like their chances of winning the Super Bowl next year, I think go up more with Bijan than just about anybody. And like, yeah, you could get Micah Parsons at 12, but and maybe he's in this draft. Maybe we just haven't uh, evaluated him properly. Maybe that's possible. But right now, the guy who looks like is capable of that is Bijan. When I look at the Eagles roster, they look really deep. There's some obvious issues. Safety right. jumps out. See what they do at linebacker. But 
what might feel like it's not a need right now yeah. in October will be a need. I, and if they can get a, a, an edge rusher or a defensive tackle or a corner, who I, yeah. and I think there'll be a lot that I like at 10. I mean, like I like Christian Gonzalez might be there yeah. at 10. You yeah. know? It's just I understand what you're saying. It's it's yeah, no, you, we're, you. we're football fans. It's so much easier for us to imagine Bijan Robinson coming into this offense and just destroying souls than it is yeah. James Bradbury getting an injury and Christian exactly. Gonzalez suddenly becoming an important yeah. player in this. The corner season. you got me with the corner thing. That's what I was thinking this morning. Like just just get a corner. You don't Dude. need them now, but you're gonna need them eventually, especially with your aging corners. You're and gonna like need them. Yeah, and yeah, and you'll they're not going to keep Bradbury and Slay for much longer. They're going to have to make some decisions there. And having a guy, or at least testing out a guy, I think expands their window and it might in improve their window this year, having someone who can contribute. Total tangent, just because I want to keep ignoring Charlie. Yeah, let's do um, Speaking of Darius Slay, did you see the news it was that Matt Patricia is a defensive consultant on the Eagles and it like appeared on their website and then they took it off of the website? I would have loved to see Darius yes. Slay's face getting oh, that news gosh. if you remember he was <laughs> yes, uh, with them in. Not a big fan of Matt Patricia. All right, Alabaster, what you got, yeah, what's buddy? Up, okay, counterpoint. Need tomorrow. Rashad Penny pulls his hamstring for the 87th time, and then Boston Scott is your running back for the Eagles, and Kenneth you have Gainwell. to make the bargain, though, of, like, how efficient are we going to be? But are we going to run Hurts yeah, more? So Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell was, like, extremely good in the playoffs. But. Yeah, but he, yeah, he was. But either way, I he think that the argument, the argument is the drop-down is going to be less than the drop-down at, at an injury at any other position. And you can work around it because you don't like you have a quarterback who can be the engine of your running attack. So I get it. It's I would never call it a luxury pick because as I learned from the Mina Kimes podcast, there's no such thing as a luxury pick in football. But I get it for them. It's like you never know what you're going to need, but you know that you can plug that gap more easily than any other. So, yeah, I get the reason why they wouldn't take them, but I want them to take them because I'm here for fun. Yeah. I don't know if actually that would be the off. I know we think because it's like an it's an off offense with quarterback run game that uses, you know, that it's very RPO heavy. Right. Um, but when you brought up Christian McCaffrey, like to me, like the best offense would be one that really moves him around and uses right. him to mess with defenses tries to keep him on the field. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I keep seeing smoke around Atlanta at eight, which is a, from a roster construction, terrible. But from a football yeah. perspective, I actually think would be incredibly yeah. fun. Their, their run game is one of the more fun ones to watch. But yeah, that's not how you win a championship. With If you have a lot of holes, uh, a running back is not a long-term piece. Like I think about the Ezekiel Elliott draft pick. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. he really made that team really good. At first. <laughs> yes. And you know who was pick five right behind him? Jalen Ramsey. Oh, think that's a... <laughs> still been still been providing value. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. All hmm. right, Alabaster. What's next? All right, next one. Haters. There is smoke that Trey Lance could be available on the trade market. If he is, how would you evaluate acquiring him compared to the other top quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft? All right, Trey Lance is very young, doesn't have very much tape, even in college, not in NFL, had injuries and had COVID year ruining his or ending his college career early. So 
the argument, I guess, is he's still younger than Will Levis, I, I believe, that you don't you don't know how good he actually is. He's just a prospect just like anyone else. So why not draft this prospect that is incredibly toolsy and can um, grow into something rather than draft one of these other prospects? The answer is Kyle Shanahan don't like him. I don't want your trash. I mean, that's the, that's well, the no, real that argument that, against it. That is what – because nobody really knows who he is as the quarterback right now. He's barely played football. He's barely played in the NFL one of his starts last year was in like a thunderstorm. Yeah, <laughs> like I, you know, so the reason why people would be lower on him and why the trademark would be lower is mostly people inferring from the fact that um, he didn't get, you know, that the, the Niners appear not to like him. And I yeah. think it, we're safe saying that right now, mm -hmm. based on everything they've said and done, not, not dislike him, but you know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. see him as the dude. So I think um, from the outside, you look at Kyle Shanahan, who's, very smart in this organization you think well that's scary and it is scary but I, but i will say i think the niners are very um and kyle shanahan very yeah. specific when it comes to the quarterback position like to me this whole last thing yes feels like your friend who always states a certain type of women and then they go out of their comfort zone and they're like you know what this hasn't been working out for me i'm gonna go for like I'm going to go for like an artsier girl or whatever. <laughs> and then the second they get a chance to get out of it and go back to their type, they do. That's well, what the got... Niners basically did. In part mm. also because they built like the dream team offense where all you need is a dude to sit in the mech suit and just like operate it. <laughs> and obviously Purdy did that, you know, well for them. So, you know, they were, they flirted with the idea of dating outside their type and they yeah. went right back to, to that type you got, and i think you must you have got to some, consider some, that some real handsome friends because my friends they was dating whoever was dating them it wasn't out here making choices <laughs> it's like oh she's maybe, interested me maybe too I should have used a woman as the the uh, prototype yeah. no the the dynamics flip they flip uh I, my, my cousin's in his mid-30s and he is a hot commodity in these streets right that's now. true yeah. Sing, single black man with a good job oh everybody's trying but, to marry that man have you ever like had a friend who dates outside their type and everyone's like, wow, you're doing it. <laughs> and then their next girlfriend just goes yeah. right back to being their yeah. type. Of course. And Kyle Shanahan, the, I guess. So there's a couple different thoughts about the Kyle She's Shanahan. She's got a type. Her name yeah, is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point. It's like Kyle Shanahan is known for like, I guess, lifting. Yeah, like lifting mediocre quarterbacks i guess matt ryan is the only one and like we revere that about him and then we all like wait till he gets a great quarterback he'll he do yeah that's the thing is like maybe <laughs> the problem is trey lance is in practice doing too much cool stuff and he's like hey we don't do that <laughs> you just press the buttons that i put in front of you <laughs> I um i i mean that's the optimist case for yeah. Trey Lance. There is a reasonable pessimistic case, which is that, you know, he hasn't panned out for them. I, I, I like, I love the idea of like, I, I, it was reported that Minnesota talked to the Niners. Love that for Minnesota. If, if we're talking about like a second round pick, yeah, yeah. Right. why not? The dude, he, he has a really exciting skill set. I remember watching his, you know, three college games. <laughs> no, uh, he had more than that. Um, yeah. 
he, he has a very strong arm. He's an incredibly talented athlete. Um, and some of the throws even he made with the Niners, you were like, oh my God, like he just made a throw I haven't seen a Niners quarterback make in like, you know, four, five years. He can't do the other stuff, but there's definitely something there. So when you look at a, a draft like this, where I think we can all safely assume at least four of these quarterbacks are probably going to go in the first round. If you're a team that's not picking there, I would take a flyer on them. Yeah. Tampa. Yeah. That um, seems like the right the right Washington, way to go about it. Tennessee, Seattle, um, a place that has a quarterback that may not be the long term solution yeah. at quarterback, and you're not giving up too much, and it's worth because he's coming off an injury and he needs more time. So yeah, it, it's worth somebody taking a shot on. I don't think that he's at least the way the question is framed is like he should be grouped in with his value uh, as high as some of these rookies coming in. And nah, not given where he is now. How do you feel about this from the Niners side, though, Dominique? Because we're talking about a team that was not only down to their, they were down to their backup yes. quarterback, and then they were down to their starter quarterback with the wrong hand in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then Lance couldn't play. Yeah. They signed Sam Darnold, but so they have their starting quarterback, Brock Purdy, is coming off of like a very strange, in, or it's a UCL injury, but the timeline is unknown. They've got Darnold, who's not played consistently good football and also is injury prone them, himself. Does this not feel a little bit like tempting fate to trade away one of your quarterbacks? Yeah, a team with as much uh, injury history as they've had. I mean, it suggests that they have another plan. And I guess I should not assume that because Kyle Shanahan is the coach has been saving Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback evaluator and, and, <laughs> so and John true. Lynch saving their jobs for, for a couple of years now. But I mean, to be fair, the roster is really well constructed, yes. but they keep getting it wrong on a quarterback. And the decision that they made for Lance is a decision that gets people fired, like trading all that stuff to get this guy totally, who yeah. is not playing well, gets people fired. If you don't find your in the damn championship game because the rest of your roster is awesome and you're a hell of a football coach. I have seen a take. Actually, I've seen this take floating around in multiple cases. One, so there's a lot of um, rumors right now, reports that the Texans are not going to take a quarterback. So that's yeah. one story where I've seen this take floating around. And then the other is, I can't remember, I was reading an article about, oh, it was about older quarterbacks uh, by Adam Rittenberg on ESPN, like Hendon Hooker and Will Levis. And both of these talked about Brock Purdy having success in the NFL because Brock Purdy came in with four years of experience. And then with the Texans, they were like, well, like, let's build the roster first. Just, I just want to say this as a PSA to coaches, fans who are coping, evaluators, Brock Purdy is not a paradigm because you don't have Debo, you don't have George Kittle, you don't have Trent Williams, you don't have Christian McCaffrey, you don't have Brandon Ayuk, and most importantly, you do not have one Kyle Shanahan. And most most importantly, you don't have that defense that will allow that you to, to like stay in games even when you're not in games. Yeah, I mean, generally the concept of building up a roster before you go after quarterback, I like that idea. So if you can trade back to get a haul, to build that team up, I think that's smart because that's emitting some humility is that, no, I actually don't know who the quarterback is. And I know that whatever the quarterback I get, he'll be better because if I get all those picks, maybe I can get a player like Debo. Maybe I can get a player like Chris McCaffrey. Maybe I can get a player like Brandon Ayuk. So like, I get it as a concept, but don't draft somebody else at number two. If you're still at number two, get your quarterback. 
It's like, I guess if they think Will Anderson is their Nick Bosa, congrats, you have one of the 10 pieces we just named. Like, I, I just... Yeah, that's fair. And nobody thinks Will Anderson is Nick Bosa. Like, as good yeah. as Will Anderson is, yeah. no one seems to think that he is, like, the Von Miller type you drop it, in and you can build around. It would make more sense to me to kind of use your logic from the beginning is if the rumors were that they were looking to trade back for a haul. Then I'd be like, yeah. all right, you, your team sucks. You know they suck. You want us just do everything it takes. I get it. Go 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 after Caleb Williams or Drake May next. That makes sense. We just got a new coach. We're rebuilding. Yeah. We're starting over, and we're gonna move back and get a lot of picks and hope we get most of them right. But I, I do think it's very hard to drop a quarterback into a a situation like that, no matter how good he is, and expect that you're gonna be able to evaluate him fairly. Like you're setting yourself up a little bit to struggle, um, and that's. That's true of all the top picks that, that come in at quarterback. It's really hard when they go into a bad situation. So don't do that. Hmm. Yay. And then there's scribbles. So I guess we're done. Thanks, Mina. You're the best. It was fun. Bye. That was Alabaster, fun. confetti me. Thank you, sir. I like uh, going after Perkins. A lot of people say I'm the Kendrick Perkins of the NFL, so. <laughs> carry on. Oh, no, carry the hell on. It's the facts. I need, I need a catchphrase. It's the facts.